Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Do you remember that? That was a direct command that Jesus gave his disciples. Now, in context today, we understand to some degree what fishers of men is all about. I mean, it's not in terminology that we use here in America, but certainly in those days, the Jewish people understood it, particularly people like Peter, his brother Andrew, and James and John that we're going to learn about in today's podcast, who were fishermen. That's what they did for a living. And Jesus engaged them, taught them, showed them who he truly was, and he calls them out of their literal occupation as fishers of men to become fishers of men and advancing his kingdom. So today on this podcast, I'm so glad you guys are tuning in because we're going to be jumping into three particular passages as we talk about Jesus calling four disciples who become, as I mentioned earlier, fishers of men. Now, before we look at Matthew 4 and Mark chapter 1 and we jump to Luke chapter 5, which happens to be one of my most treasured passages of scripture, we're going to see that in a minute as to why that is. But I just want to challenge you listening to this podcast today. This passage that we're going to be looking at, or multiple passages, has convicted me through my years of ministry and as a, more importantly than that, as a Christian. So I just want to say to you, my dear friend, listening to this podcast right now, ask yourself this, are you truly a fisherman of Christ? That I didn't ask the question if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. I asked if you're a fisherman. How many people have you reached, have you fished out, if you will, from the world and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, shared the gospel and, and they came to newness of life? How many people right now are you discipling in your life right now? Ask yourself that. So I, I, I want to just set the tone right away because as we jump into this passage of scripture and we look into the life of these four men and what they left to follow Jesus. I don't want us to just to be complacent and to go through another teaching. I want us to be challenged and convicted, my dear friend, as I have been through the years. You know, I could tell another, another at another time uh, many stories that that I ha- that that God has challenged me at the core of my life. Do I live for myself? Do I advance a certain career to make money? And, and fame, or do I represent Jesus and be a servant of his to represent his name, to advance his kingdom, to be about his glory? And I'm telling you, my friends, I am so thankful not only for a godly wife, but for great people, men and women that God has put in my life who have invested in me and have taught me what it is to be a Christian. And through that, what it means to be a true fisherman of Christ to devote my life to helping people understand who Jesus is and how much he loves each one of us. So I pray as we jump into these passages of scripture that, man, it would just resonate with you. And whatever you're doing right now, if you find yourself not following Jesus and being that fisherman that he has called you to be, I pray that by the end of this podcast, you will be convinced, not just in your mind, 
but that you would be motivated through your heart to serve him all the days of your life. All right, so with that, let us jump right into Matthew chapter 4. I'm just going to read Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, because it's pretty much the same as we see in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. And as always, you can go to standstrongministries.org, click on podcast, and find the latest podcast. This is number 23. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, and you can click the study notes. So, verse 18 to Matthew 4 says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets, and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Now, before I jump to Luke chapter 5, I want to draw your attention to just a few things as we do here. You know, going through a chronological teaching of the Gospels, you can't cover everything verse by verse, but just kind of do some highlights and put things in perspective. Notice that Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, we're told here in Matthew 4, 18, Mark 1, 16, and we're going to see in a minute in Luke 5, verse 1, it refers to it as Gennesaret. So the first thing I want to draw your attention to is the Sea of Galilee has multiple names on the northwest shore. And has multiple names through history, the Lake of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret, the Lake of Gennesar, etc. I had that in my study notes. Um, so sometimes when you're seeing these different names, see the Sea of Tiberias, it's the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so Luke 5, Luke 5, 1 refers to it as Gennesaret. And then, of course, in Matthew and Mark, it's the Sea of Galilee. Now, why is Jesus there? Why is he going back to the region where he's from? Because it was very important to him. Remember, that was his high ground. That was her headquarters. And it was around the area that he was familiar with, as well as the disciples. That was their hometown as well. And he goes back to them because he's going to call them right now. He's going to be calling them into full-time ministry. So if you go back to John chapter 1, 35 through 51, you can look back on our previous podcast when we talked about that. If you remember... That This encounter right now that we're talking about in Matthew 4 and Mark 1 was not Jesus' first encounter with Andrew, Peter, and John. Remember, these men came to know Jesus from, from John the Baptist. So up to this point, they had already been following Jesus. They were helping him in various capacities. Again, we don't know the details because we don't... They're not really explicit to some degree, but they had time with Jesus, but they were not with him full time. So when Jesus arrived here to Galilee, it, it seems that the men, you know, they had already gone back to their homes, you know, caught up with their families, I'm sure. And then we're told right here, as we see in these two accounts in the Synoptic Gospels, they were back doing what they do. That was fishing. So they went back to their fishing company. So Jesus comes back to his disciples and he calls them to devote their lives to him. Now, here's what's cool. I want to draw your attention with, uh, with, with this calling to one in particular in the Old Testament, probably one of the most dramatic, uh, the most famous callings, and that had to do with David. So remember, the disciples here are fishermen. God, Jesus himself, goes directly to them in their occupation as God did to David as a shepherd overseeing the sheep. And God, remember, called 
David the shepherd over literal sheep, his flock, to become the anointed king who will shepherd the people of Israel. If you go back to Psalm 78, it writes there in verses 70 through 72, it says, He chose David his servant, and he took him from the sheepfolds, from following the nursing ooze. He brought him to shepherd Jacob his people. Israel, his inheritance, with upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. So likewise, Jesus, as he did with David, is calling Peter, Andrew, James, and John to take what they have learned as a fish, as fishermen and now to use that skill to catch people for the kingdom of God. Isn't that cool? So if you look at these passages, we can just kind of, because they're short, we can skim through them. But just think about the obedience. Think about what they were willing to do for Jesus. They knew Jesus. They, I believe that at this point, they already knew who he was. But it was not just a part-time thing. It was now this relationship was going to progress to something more. And notice what they did. They obeyed the call. Now, if you look to Luke chapter 5, verses 2 through 7, this account is different, but I believe this happened shortly after the calling of the brothers in Luke chapter 5. So let me just read Luke 5, verses 2 through 11. So remember, Jesus is standing by the lake of Gennesaret in verse 1, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. I believe that was the, the brothers. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put on a little to put it out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners and the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. Wow. So this passage uh, in Luke 5, again, as I mentioned, is a bit distinct from that of Matthew and Mark. But I believe Luke's account seems to occur roughly around the same time frame as Matthew and Mark, certainly, but provides a little bit more detail. And I'm so glad um, that Luke did because it really gives us some insight. Because when you just look at Matthew and, and Mark, you're just thinking, man, look at how awesome and obedient. Look at these guys. It's such faith. They just left Jesus, you know, left everything to follow Jesus. Well, but if you notice here with Peter, there was a struggle. Now, I want to draw your attention to something because after the call of Jesus, Jesus clearly demonstrates that he had the power to perform miracles. I believe they're already convinced by that. And although they had fished all night and they had caught nothing, they grew up in the sea, they knew the sea, they knew the, the, the climate, they knew the temperature, they knew the weather change, they knew what the fish would, when they would come up. And, and so later in the day, obviously with the heat, they would go lower down. So Jesus commands them nonetheless to cast their nets out in the heat of the day, the worst time possible to pull up more, to pull up, you know, the fish 
with their nets. And of course, they said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, you know, we've done it. There's nothing there. I don't want to embarrass you in front of these people. Um, and it just, we're tired, we're exhausted. Now, Jesus, of course, listening to this, the one who called them is also the one who will deliver, right? So when, remember, when Jesus calls you to do something, he's going to be the one to deliver. He's going to expect you to respond in faith and obedience, and he's going to deliver as a result. And so even though they're questioning, the disciples are questioning, they nonetheless do what? They heed what Jesus says to do, and boy, does he deliver. So much so, now when you jump back to Matthew 4, 20 and 22 and Mark 1, 18 through 20, and then you look here specifically in Luke chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, we see that they followed him. That we're told in Mark chapter 1 that the brothers, James and John, they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and they followed him. And then we're told here in Luke chapter 5, after this miracle that Jesus performs in front of them, and their boats are sinking because there's so much fish. There's no explanation as how this is possible. This is pro- this has never happened as they have crossed the Sea of Galilee fishing, okay, all the years that they've been doing it, have never seen such a catch. And again, at the heat of the day, in the afternoon time. And how does he respond? How does Peter respond to Jesus? He doesn't high five him. He doesn't shout to the rooftops and tell people, look what we've caught. Look at this. This is amazing. Our business is going to be booming as a result. No, he says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. See, here's the crux of everything, my friend. When Jesus, a holy savior, calls a sinful man, a sinful woman like you and me, we are going to respond like that. We are going to realize how unclean, how shameful, and how disappointed we feel in and of ourselves. But that's the great thing because see here, as people were astonished by the catch of the fish, and James and John were there, who were partners of Simon, we were told, Jesus looks squarely in the face of Simon. He says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be doing what you've been doing here in your business, you're going to be doing that now with men, with women, with children. You're going to be catching human beings and advancing my kingdom. And then it says, and when they brought their boats to land, they, they left everything to follow Jesus. That, th- those words there are just so beautiful. Let me read you this commentary on the life of Christ. It writes, quote, these four... James, John, Peter, and Andrew were thoroughly committed to Christ from that time on. The road ahead was long and would end in martyrdom for three of the four. If you remember, John was not martyred. He would, they tried to kill him to try to get rid of him. Now it says here, all suffered for Christ on this earth, but all enjoy the highest reward in heaven. For they are each assured rulership over one of the 12 tribes of Israel and will have their name engraved on one of the 12 foundation stones of the heavenly Jerusalem, eternally linked to the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, end quote. This account in Luke gives us a very detailed encountership with Peter. After performing this miracle with a fish, it just completely and totally hit Peter, you guys. He realized that he was no special person. He just was a sinful and wretched human being. And he tells Jesus, Leaf, depart from me. Don't don't mess with me. Don't don't waste your time with me, Jesus. I'm a nobody. But you know what Jesus does and what's so beautiful about our Savior? He speaks directly into Peter's shame. He literally responds to his confession of inadequacy. 
And he tells him in the midst of that inadequacy, and then in the midst of that faithless attitude that I will use you, Peter, for great purposes. And we know he did. We know the story of Peter. And the great thing is, as we're exploring through the chronological teaching of the Gospels, we're going to see many of those instances when God, Jesus himself, spoke directly to Peter when he denied or when he spoke out of term or when he spoke boldly or when he stepped out of the boat to walk towards him. And we see this this sanctification process with Peter to when he denies Jesus the night he's betrayed because he couldn't stay awake to when he finally proclaims him as Jesus and Lord in Acts chapter two on the day of Pentecost on the start of the church. So what did we learn on today's podcast? Well, the question really is before all of us, are we following Jesus according to his commands? Are we truly being obedient? Are we rebuking this world? Are we turning things that are in this world? Are we turning them aside so that we can pursue the greater things that Christ has for us, that we are looking for eternal things because we are focused on eternal purposes in this world? So my friend, as I conclude, I just want to challenge you. Are you making disciples? Are you a fisherman that's out there advancing the kingdom of God? Or are you so bogged down with the worries of this world that you have lost focus? So my prayer to you is like the disciples that we read here today. And like Peter with the openly admitting his inadequacy, be truthful to God. He already knows your circumstances. He knows your heart, but just be truthful and be broken and cry out to him and say, God, use me this day. And I, and I will tell you, my friend, because I'm a living testimony of this, God will take that cry, that confession, that level of, of honest inadequacy, and he will change that and he will empower you by the Holy Spirit and watch out because he will use you in amazing ways. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And I will see you on next podcast next week. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the word of God.